Welcome to episode five of the SoCo Show. This five. is Cody Michael, joined as always by Seth Ott. Hey. <laughs> oh, and let me tell you, folks, if we sound a little off focus this week, it's because uh, we're getting we're getting riled up for a big trip this weekend. Oh yeah, headed off to Las Vegas Thursday night. The beautiful city of Las Vegas. <laughs> Sin City. It's gonna be hot. Oh yeah. It's gonna literally be hot. It's gonna be 105 degrees. Oh yeah. Gonna have swamp ass. <laughs> Oh, we're going to have to pack extra underwear for Seth's swampy taint, etc. I'm going to be in the pool all the time. I don't know about you. I hope so, because I don't want to smell your ass. <laughs> no, it's going to be, be so lucky. going to be fun. This is uh second year in a row we're doing the Vegas trip along with uh, us and six other guys, seven other guys, be nine of us total. Uh, our fantasy football league headed yeah. out to do the big, big fantasy draft this weekend. Yep. Uh, what you, you've been doing all your research? You oh yeah, ready to fire it up? You got your notebook already? Been watching the fantasy marathon on ESPN. <laughs> I'm a company man. I'm glad that you have because I have not yeah. been doing any research, um, and that's that's my strategy. I'm I'm gonna not pay attention to all the pundits and uh, just kind of wing it. Well, see what I can do. I don't know if uh, that's gonna work out for you because I mean, pay attention. You're not. You still haven't won. So. <laughs> You're going to do me like that, huh? <laughs> Says the guy who won. God, how long was it ago? Could you even drive when you won the last time? It's been so long, I can't remember. Oh, man. Yeah, it's, it's an exciting week. Uh, also, episode five, I uh, I guess we can consider that a milestone, right? Five episodes? Yeah, maybe. And I mean, it's really, technically five weeks, which is really boring. So, I mean, like, I, I think it's more of a milestone when you get to, like, eight weeks. That's two months. That's right. I will be excited for episode eight. Stay tuned. <laughs> For the exciting 8th anniversary hey, episode edition. <laughs> it will be exciting. <laughs> or 100 episodes. Let's get excited when we get to 100. Yeah, well, let's not get ahead of ourselves. <laughs> we uh, we are excited, 50. though, this week. Last week, episode 4 was the first time we were on uh, iTunes, Stitcher, iTunes. SoundCloud, and Google Play. Uh, Want to give a shout out to everyone who has subscribed to us and has listened on those platforms. Thank you for doing so. Um, we really appreciate uh, the time you spend listening to us, so it's been fun. Uh, also want to give a special shout out, as we will try to do most weeks, to uh, some of our new Twitter followers. Oh, yeah. And uh, some big names. Big names on the follower oh, list. Oh, yeah. It was surprising. No porn bots this week, which no, kind of no made, made me really sad. Um, really missing out on those guys. But uh, we got a, got a couple new followers. Uh, one of them is uh, international recording star uh, Nicki Minaj, Ooh. who uh, she likes to retweet um, a lot of soccer but not like normal soccer <laughs> like i don't even know what it is wait what do you mean weird soccer it's not like it's like robot soccer or no like it's it's soccer? it's not like it's not like uh international soccer you know like the stuff people follow it looks like it's a lot of like your kids that'd be hilarious well you know maybe there is man it's it's man united so no it is actually oh, okay, okay. I, I couldn't tell because it's really weird but it's retweeted by some account named star seven um yeah that's about it. Nicki Minaj, welcome, welcome to, um, welcome to uh, Twitter following status. Yeah, if we're, it, we're happy to have you. If you want to follow her, she's at uh, via Chels V Piero one. Ah, so yeah, I didn't know that's how you spelled it. Yeah, and then uh, one of Cody's favorites it followed us. Um, he's uh, Mr. Worldwide. Dale. Dale. <laughs> um, Pitbull. 
followed us this week. Ugh, um, he has no tweets or retweets or anything. <laughs> um, his Twitter account is at X3UJTU67BPEWLBG. So if you want well, to follow him. That's Spanish. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, Pitbull. Yeah. Give him, give him a follow. Pitbull yeah. and I have had a love-hate relationship, but I think uh, if he's going to be following us on Twitter, I think we can patch things up. Yeah, I, I, I feel like if we get that support, it's it's going to make things better. One, actually, I do want to shout out, which is actually really cool of them to do. Um, there's a account called Underdog Podcasts where they just retweet independent podcasts, like people who just started up. Um, they don't have a ton of followers. They have like 600 followers, which, I mean, you know, it's not a ton, but it's great that they do that. That's really cool. Yeah, that is so, cool. Um, appreciate them retweeting us this week. Shout out to Underdog. Nice. And to Nicki Minaj and Pitbull, of course. <laughs> yeah. Um, stay tuned next week when we'll have special guests, Nicki Minaj and Pitbull, on the show. <laughs> okay. Uh, before we jump into the show, wanna wanna make uh, make a point to point out to folks, um, all of our episodes are timestamped in the description. <laughs> so if you don't want to hear us talk about sports, for example. Um, uh, you can go down below to the description and pull that up and it'll tell you the times where we start talking about each topic. So you can skip around if you like and uh, cherry pick what you want to listen to us talk about. Um, for example, today we have a very exciting show. Uh, we're going to talk about news in all four categories, movies, TV, sports, and video games. And then we're going to go to America's favorite segment so far, Seth's TV Corner. Woo. Uh, he's going to talk about a couple of shows that he's uh, he's been watching lately. And a brand new segment where I will I will be describing a horror movie to Seth. He doesn't go to horror movies traditionally. I really enjoy them. Yeah. Um, but he does like hearing the plots. Yeah. So I'll be describing that. We're calling it uh, Cody Spooks. No, no, no. <laughs> Wait, you don't think we should call it Cody Spooks? No, definitely not. I mean, just, just think about that for a second. You know what? I think I get your point. We're going to call it instead, uh, Cody Describes a Horror Movie to Seth. That works. That sounds like a good segment. It's funny because that's something that you've been doing for years. It's probably been like 10 years now that you've been doing that since you could go to, to rated R movies. Um, you've been describing these to me because I don't go. The first one I actually remember was The Crazies. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, with the... God, the, that was a long time. That was like 2010. We were, I actually remember you describing it to me. We were, we were working at uh, Fairway. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Because um, we were doing nothing, avoiding work like we usually did. It started with uh, you not asking me. I would just start telling you. But no, now, I, now I think you really, uh, you really enjoy it. You look forward to it. <laughs> and before we have a chance to respond, let's jump into news. Let's start with movies today. Movies. We're going to start with movies. Movies! Uh, sad news uh, came out yesterday from the set of Deadpool 2. Uh, they actually had a stunt man, a stunt woman uh, died. Uh, in an accident, stunt yeah. accident involving a motorcycle. Uh, that's a bummer. Not a lot to say about it other than it's tragic and it stinks. Um, those stunt people always putting their asses on the line and, uh, you know, these these things do happen, unfortunately. Yep. Price we pay for good entertainment. Not that we pay. God, no. I can't even imagine with the family. So yeah. our, our condolences out to the family and to the, the friends. I'm sure she had a lot of friends on the set of Deadpool. So, mm-hmm. um, and, and just shout out to the stunt people in general. Um, they, like we said, put a lot of put their ass on the line a lot for our entertainment. So we appreciate the risk they take. Um, in less sad, more more exciting news, Netflix is making moves, and some of them are in TV. We'll talk about that in, in that segment. But in the world of movies, sounds like Netflix has signed the Coen Brothers on 
for a movie deal. Um, I don't know the detail. Do you know, is it more than one movie, just one? Or? I think from, from what I read, it was just one. I don't know exactly what it's about. I didn't read into too much detail. I just thought it was kind of cool that they got signed over there. And, I mean, that's a that's a big, big get for them. Oh, so yeah. They got Scorsese, Scorsese coming out um, here soon and got Coen Brothers. So they're getting some big people. That's some some real bangers. Uh, are you Have you been a big fan of the Coen Brothers in the past? Do you know I've, a lot of their movies? Yeah, I like what I've saw. I, I mean, there's definitely ones I've missed. Um, but they're, I mean, they're, they're good. I like them. There are some, some really interesting movies. If, uh, if you folks out there haven't seen any movies by the Coen Brothers, um, I really like Burn After Reading. That's, that's one of my favorites. I just watched that again earlier this year. Um, that's a, that's a funny one. And, uh, oh, No Country for Old Men Hmm. is a fantastic movie. Um, definitely check that one out. And who knows? I don't know what they're going to bring. Uh, they've done more kind of wacky comedy stuff and they've done, obviously No Country for Old Men is, is not very funny. Um, so I'm excited to see this and I'm excited that it's on Netflix. They're making moves, man. They're making moves. Yeah. And let's actually go to that. Let's go to TV right now. Uh, we talked about Netflix. They're bringing over, this is a big one, from ABC, they're bringing over Shonda Rhimes. Mm. And if that name's not familiar to you, some of the shows that she's created or had a hand in creating will definitely jump out to you. Uh, talking about Grey's Anatomy, Private Practice, Scandal, everyone knows Scandal, How to Get Away with Murder, all shows from her production company, Shondaland. And uh, <laughs> Netflix, yeah, which... You can't blame her for, I mean, if I had a production company, it'd be named Cody Land. <laughs> so Shondaland coming over to Netflix. This is big. I think, d- does this sound to you like a retaliation for Disney pulling their their stuff off of Netflix? Um, maybe. I, I mean, I don't know. Or do you know. think that's coincidental? I think it's, I mean, I don't think they specifically targeted her to, to do that. I think it's more of just a, they wanted a good talent and. Yeah, this will be good. Um. She's obviously had an excellent track record of TV shows um, that people fall in love with and they're on for years and years. So mm-hmm. whatever she's going to be bringing over to Netflix, I'll probably check out. She hasn't done any wrong so far. So yeah. um, we'll see. I think it's a big get. It's a big get for Netflix. Mm-hmm. Another big get. Sounds like David Letterman is coming over. Yeah, that's that's interesting. Um, the, retired, the retired TV host, um, late, late night host. He... Uh, I didn't never thought he'd come back. To be honest, I thought he was kind of done. But um, sounds like he's gonna do like six or eight episodes or something like that. Um, kind of a talk show type thing, almost like uh, someone did that recently, didn't they? Chelsea Handler. Yeah, kind of like Chelsea Handler, I guess. It might. I would assume it'd be something like that. Mm-hmm. I don't know what type of guests he'll have, and if Paul Schaefer will be back. But that's what I'm hoping. Oh yeah, <laughs> Schaefer should come back. That'd be awesome. Yeah, Letterman is exciting. I. Uh... I wasn't a huge fan of Letterman until really toward the end of his tenure there. Um, I saw a lot of episodes. The dude is funny. Obviously knows what he's doing. So mm-hmm. him and Netflix together has me excited. I'll, I'll definitely be checking that out. And there's an, yet another of these weird free agent yeah. signings. Uh, Robert Kirkman, who a lot of people know from The Walking Dead. Walking Dead, yep. It's going to do some stuff for Amazon. Yep, Amazon. He, he signed for a couple year deal, I think is what it was. Um yeah, which is surprising because he had prior to this he had had a pretty good relationship. He was always on, he was working on the show, and he was a producer. And I don't know if he'll still remain on there or not, but I mean, he was definitely part of the creative. And he apparently there's been some issues involving mm. involving pay and that type of thing. 
Um, so yeah, he's scooting over to Amazon. Um, he's already used his, I mean, obviously Walking Dead's his biggest property and he used that at AMC. Uh, Fear of the Walking Dead's another one. There's a, his, his next biggest one is called Outcast, which I don't know much about, but, uh, some think that he'll probably take that over to Amazon. So we'll see. Yeah. I think I'm reading an article here. Um, and it sounds like Amazon will also have like first look, um, at whatever else he comes up with in the next two years. So could be uh, that outcast. Could be some new stuff, too. Hmm. I don't know. But the guy... Uh, it's tough to follow up The Walking Dead. Yeah. You know? But I don't know, maybe, maybe he's smart. got some more world-building talent in him. And yeah. he could come up with a banger for, for Amazon. I like him a lot. I mean, I've hearing him... He's been on Fear, or been on uh, Talking Dead a lot and seen some interviews and stuff. And he's, he's a smart guy and he's creative. Um, I, you know, I'll give it a shot, whatever he's doing. Um I know that he's kind of had less and less of a hand on the show, Walking Dead, lately, and I feel like that's kind of coming coming to an end, um, which I, mean, I wouldn't be too upset about at this point, but um, we'll see. See what happens. Should we get stuff? Amazon not to be forgotten in the streaming yeah. game. They've got some good stuff out there, obviously. Um, oh, uh, Sneaky Pete Sneaky came out Pete's last year. You were a favorites. fan of that. Yeah, really good show. They have uh, Transparent. Um, that's always nominated for Sneaky Yeah, with Jeffrey Tambor. Tambor. Um, Man in the High Castle is another another one I really like. Uh, not really nominated for much, but a lot of people really like it. Mm-hmm. So, and of course, Manchester by the Sea. Uh, that was a movie. Yeah, but even so, Amazon, uh, kind of the little brother of the whole thing, but definitely mm-hmm. uh, not to be forgotten. Yeah. Before we get into Seth's TV Corner later on, uh, one of the shows you talked about in the first iteration of Seth's TV Corner was Ozark. Yeah. And we got big news about that show. Yeah, it came out earlier today, actually. Um, recording this on Tuesday, but o- Ozark got renewed for season two. Um, actually, they did a little, put out a little trailer thing for it, and one of the cool things they did uh, did um, with every episode is they put a little they put like four little logos, um, four little pictures of what's coming in the episode. Uh, like there's one that was like cigarettes and cigarettes played a played a role in it, that type of thing. Um, and they did that with uh, with the the trailer. They showed the end one of the end scenes for Ozark. Um, Jason Bateman laying on a trampoline, and they zoomed in on him. And then they pulled up the O, which was kind of their logo. And then the four pictures, and it was like you know Roman numeral two, Netflix, and a couple other things. So cool. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I'm excited for that. Uh, I was kind of I was kind of surprised a little bit, uh, just because Netflix has been on a spree of you know, ending things early or canceling things recently. So seeing that they, and, and this show didn't actually have a ton of following, it seemed like. Um, critically, it was reviewed okay, but um, I was kind of surprised. Uh, the other, another show, just thought about this too, was Glow. Gorgeous Ladies of Wrestling got renewed for season two. Really? Um, which I, I like that one a lot. Um, Allison Brie starred in that. Mark Marin was another guy. Uh, it's about uh, the story of a, it's, it's a take on the story of, a real wrestling promotion in the 80s called Gorgeous Ladies of Wrestling. So it's not a true story, but it's based off that. Mm-hmm. Um, about just a bunch of girl actresses who ended up becoming women wrestler, women's wrestlers, and they they uh, created a, it was like a, you know, Saturday TV show. Um, and it kind of, it gained a lot of popularity and got you know, part of the reason why wrestling wrestling became popular. So um, the show's really funny, and, and Allison Brie was really good. So I'm excited to see season two for that. I've heard that Allison Brie really displays her talent in that show. <laughs> she does. She does do. She she does do a good job. No, I'm not being. I'm I'm being. I'm being uh, euphemistic. Oh, I know what you mean. <laughs> <laughs> but she does actually do a really good job. Yeah, and also displays a lot of her talent. <laughs> Let's not get past that. 
Well, uh, we talked about all these TV free agents, uh, all these TV talents moving around. We had a couple couple big things, um, at least one big sports star moving mm. around. So let's get into sports. Sports! Hey, man, I got to tell you, I am really excited about this. Sammy Watkins, yeah. formerly Bill's wide receiver, uh, pretty, uh, pretty universally understood as a stud. Mm-hmm. Coming over to the Rams in a trade. <laughs> He's moving to L.A. Ooh, I hate. I like this. The guy has big playability. Yeah. He can score touchdowns. The Rams need to score touchdowns. It's as simple as that. There's a lot of behind-the-scenes uh, things that need to be considered. Whether or not this is a great move for the future of the franchise, I don't know. But mm-hmm. what I do know is I might get to see the Rams score a touchdown this season, and that makes me excited. Yeah, you, got two ch- you got two chances at it in person. It's going to so, be good. It's um, going to be good. Yeah, I, I like it as a move for L.A. If, if anything else, even if it's just for one year, um, it's going to help Goff's development. So mm-hmm. this will see if if he makes a jump ahead, a leap ahead, then even if it's a small leap, you know, it, it shows that they didn't waste the pick on him. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't expect him to, you know, light the world on fire and be the best quarterback in the NFL or even a top 15 quarterback in the NFL, but um, I expect him to be better. And he has, I think we mentioned it, we were talking about it off, you know, when it first happened. But he, he doesn't have an excuse to be better this year. I mean, again, he doesn't have to be the best thing in the world, but mm-hmm. he has to be better. Yeah. He's got more weapons. He has, he has infinitely more weapons this year. He's got a better offensive line. I mean, he they, they signed. They drafted a good receiver, and they signed two two way better receivers than mm-hmm. they had before in Robert Woods, and then they traded for um, Watkins. So their, their receiving core is, is much better. Their offense will be much better. I am very cautiously optimistic about the Rams' offense specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not such a stupid homer that I think the Rams are going to the playoffs this year. <laughs> but I think I think we'll get a few wins. Yeah. And uh, I, I'm very excited for Goff to get his first win. Uh, he didn't get a win last season. He so didn't. Oh, well. No, so I'm really excited to watch this team. Yeah. Uh, you and I are going out in November yeah. to watch them beat the Saints. Yeah. Um, so it'll be a fun one. I'm hoping uh, maybe we get a passing touchdown. Well, I went last year to a game. They won nine to six, <laughs> all field goals. They won, so it was exciting. But uh, yeah, I would have loved to have seen a touchdown. Yeah, <laughs> so I'm hoping that goes on. Yeah, I'm hoping no touchdowns a week before when they play Minnesota. But uh, when we're up there, but well, you know, I'd, I'd be I'd be okay with a couple of touchdowns for Sammy Watkins and in, in week uh, twelve or whatever we're going to be up there. For. Oh yeah, it's going to be good stuff. So uh, someone who's not going to be scoring touchdowns for a while. Ezekiel Elliott. Yeah, uh, they brought the hammer down on him. Yep, six games, six game suspension for, for uh, the multiple. Apparently, there's. I was hearing more about it today with that fantasy marathon that I was watching, but uh, they uh, the there was five or six accounts of this within a couple days. Um, so six games he's suspended for. There's a lot of implications in, in different places, but Darren McFadden is going to be the the starter um, for the time being for Dallas. Also from all reports that suspension is not going to get reduced he applied for he applied for an appeal appeal today uh tuesday and by all accounts it's not going to get reduced so um we'll see i say good yeah fuck that guy and six games really isn't even enough don't beat women that's all you gotta do just don't beat don't beat anybody yeah but especially don't beat women and and the, the thing about and i think the reason that it's not more uh like with the ray rice situation is that there wasn't a ton of evidence. I mean, there was reports, but there wasn't mm-hmm. hard evidence. Yeah. Um, but I mean, five reports in a matter of three days, that's, that's pretty tough. Yeah. So, yeah. 
It's it's like Bill Cosby, you know? <laughs> yeah. Only so many reports can be false. Mm-hmm. Um, just don't fucking beat women, man. Yeah. I, I can't even say it. I'm going to get really excited if we keep talking about him. So uh, let's move on to video games. Yeah. Video games. You've been on the PlayStation this last week or so. I, I have. Got a couple, uh, couple games to talk about. Yep. So the first one, just real quick on... Um, played a game called Lawbreakers. Uh, it's a... It's a basically it's an arena competitive shooter, much like uh, Overwatch, which is one of your favorite games. Yep. But uh, it, it it does have its differences. It's so I mean basically there's a good team or there's two, there's two teams called the Law and the Breakers. Um, you, there's characters similar on each side. So like the character that I like to play as has two guns, and there's and just kind of a quick he like can morph type of thing like like zoom sh- like zap around yeah yeah that type of thing. And he's kind of like the quick get in there, shoot, kill type of thing. <laughs> I, I wish this was a video so you could see both of us <laughs> kind of moving our arms Pointing. around to, to, to try to illustrate that he's zipping around. <laughs> yeah. But there's characters like there's heavy characters, there's quick characters, there's healing characters. And, and there's very similar characters on each side. Like the those type of characters have the same attributes, but there's two different looking ones on each side. Um, there's different objectives. Like, I mean, most of them are like kind of like capture the flag type things. Um, King of the Hill, no death match in it, which is kind of one of the reviews. The reviews have been pretty good so far, but one of the most of the reviews say like it needs a death match type of thing. And which the nice thing about this, so it's made by Cliff Cliff Blazinski. I can't say his name. Cliff B, uh, who made Gears of War, he's and he's in an Unreal Tournament. I think he's involved in too. But he, I mean, he's he's a good, he's very good at what he does. He's a, he's a really good game developer, and um, this has got good reviews too. And he said that there's gonna be more updates, so it's it's not he made the game, put it out with what he thought was good. It's the nice thing is there's they're not making people pay for additional stuff. It's all free DLC. Um, which is something you have a Oh my god. When it when it comes to DLC and stuff, you're like you don't like when people pay for it. Yeah, I, I'm so that does make me really happy. Mm-hmm. Um to me this game is a pretty blatant ripoff of Overwatch. <laughs> um but that's okay, fine. But I really appreciate the whole no paid DLCs. Yeah. I think DLCs are the worst thing to happen to gaming mm-hmm. because anymore you buy a game and you don't get the whole game. You gotta wait three months, six months, and then pay more to get the rest of the game. It doesn't make any sense. So I'm glad that someone is finally doing mm-hmm. something about it. And Cliffy B has, he's really well regarded in the gaming community, I yeah. think, in general. So for someone like him to make a point to do that, I think bodes well. I really appreciate that move. Um, and I hope more people follow suit. I've heard that uh, Battlefront 2, Star Wars Battlefront 2, the game that's coming out, uh, Star Wars Shooter, later this year. I've heard that they're going to do something similar where there's the DLC will be free. Really? Um, yeah, which I... that really, when the first one came out, <laughs> oh my god, they were so bad about yeah. having a bunch of paid DLC. So the quicker that gets go, goes away, mm-hmm. I will be so happy. Um, so I'm glad that, that Cliffy B is doing this. And I've seen you play a little bit of this. Mm-hmm. It looks really cool. Yeah, it's fun. It's a lot of fun. Um, it's very quick. The thing I noticed, and I won't spend too much more time on it, but the thing I noticed that it's different than a lot of shooters is that in most shooters, when you die, like you get you get upset and you, you expect not to die very much. This one, people die so quick. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'll finish games where I've killed 30 and died 20, you know? So it's... It's not much to get frustrated at because it's a real just super fast pace. The 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 thing that's different than Overwatch is there's there's an element in each map where there's no gravity, so you could go into this little bubble. It's actually kind of a big bubble, and you just float around and are just taking people out in the mid in midair and stuff. So it's pretty cool. 
That does sound pretty tight. Yeah. Do they have like boosters so you can yeah, move around? You can. In those? You actually shoot your gun, so you use your gun. For oh. your gun. So like, there's a there's a blind fire button, and you, it shoots you forward. So it's kind of cool. All right, that's pretty badass. Yeah, there's some <clears> cool <throat> elements, and they're gonna add more, which would be nice. Um, the other the other one that I want to talk a little bit more about is uh, Batman. The season two um, mm. of the the Telltale series came out this week, and uh, the first season was awesome. I talked about it a little bit. Um, kind of set the set the the stage for this story. Batman starting up and and uh, you know going into that that uh, classic story. But season two kind of starts where it's been a year since the first game, uh, the first season, and Batman's pretty established now at this point. He's it's it kind of comes in almost like a, like a Dark Knight did, where the you know he's taking down crime and there's mm-hmm. not you know it's it's a pr- kind of peaceful. Um, and then the Riddler comes back. Uh, so he was in the first season real briefly and he comes back and he's kind of like the notorious crime boss there. Um, so the first episode is kind of about taking him down. Um, and you also get some elements of Amanda Waller. If you know Suicide Squad or Arrow, you know her as the head of, uh, Argus. She, you know, gets all the bad guys together and stuff. So So she's the person whose fault that movie Suicide Squad was? (laughs) No, Viola Davis is not the problem. (laughs) She was, she was the best thing in that movie, which wasn't hard. So she kind of comes in and there's this thing called the agency she's running. It's, it's kind of, I think it's kind of the cover to Argus. Um, And so you're kind of, the whole, the, the whole first episode is about you trying to play the side between Jim Gordon and Amanda Waller. And Jim Gordon doesn't like her. She, he's interacted with her before, and uh, he know, he knows like she's very against the law. She she'll do whatever it takes. She'll kill, you know. And Jim Gordon is you know Mister Right and all that. And the whole, the the cool thing about these games, you choose what you want to do. So mm-hmm. you more, even more than like the Arkham games where you're Batman whooping ass. This you get to like be Batman and make those choices as Batman. You get to decide if you're going to be kind of like a Frank Miller whoop everyone, even kill Batman, or kind of like a like in most other Batmans or even like the animated series where it's like truth justice, you know, mm-hmm. type of thing. So um, I kind of choose a side of justice, but uh, <laughs> it's cool to see how it all reacts. And there's also a little Joker element in there too, which is he, he's in the first game. They don't call him Joker. They call him John Doe. And you, you can choose whether to help him or not in the first one, which I chose to help him. Um, trying to keep, trying to make him good. <laughs> um, but uh, no, it, it's, it, it's really cool. I like him a lot. I, I'd say even for someone who isn't super into games, it'd be cool if you just like Batman. Because it doesn't take, you just literally hit buttons the whole time. You don't, you move around a little bit, you do some detective work. Um, but the rest of it's just hitting buttons and making choices. It's an interactive TV show is what it is to me. It's re- So it's not so much, I've seen you play a lot of this. It's it's not so intense, like mechanically, like you don't have to push no. A faster than anybody else. Um, it's it's making choices. It's, a, it's choose your own adventure mm-hmm. with Batman. Yep. And I really like the aesthetic of those games, the way it's kind of moving comic books mm-hmm. is what it looks like to me. Um, and the way that your choices affect everything, I think is really interesting. There's mm-hmm. not a lot of that going on right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the other things that I like a lot is it, for some of the bigger decisions that you make, um, doesn't it pop up and yeah. say like, Oh, 80% of people killed that guy yeah. and you saved him. So you get to see kind of what other people are doing. Yeah. So they do that for all the telltale. Cause I play the walking dead ones. They have, they have, I think they have three seasons of walking dead out now. Um, and yeah, they, they tell you, they compare it to what everyone else did, which is really cool. Um, this season, though, of the Batman one, it not only does that, but it shows based off what your decision, how that character felt. So mm. it'll say that person was, 
Amanda Waller was excited that you helped her out, you know, that type of thing. Um, so it added an extra element there. So you know how like the next time if you're doing, how you can maybe change that too. So, cause I accidentally helped out Amanda Waller when I didn't want to. Um, and I, I feel bad now Jim Gordon hates me cause it says that now too. <laughs> cause in the corner it'll say in, in the middle of the thing is like Jim Gordon will remember that. Or one thing they did now that's different says Jim, your relationship with Jim Gordon has changed. And mm. so when I pissed off Jim Gordon, I said that I'm like, no, I don't want to piss off Jim Gordon, <laughs> but no, it's cool. They added they added some extra things, which is I, I like a lot. They're, they're they did a Gardens of the Galaxy one too, which I might check that out later. Um, not a huge as a fan of that series, but it's it's a lot of fun. I, for anyone who is not super into games, who would just kind of want to get in through through the story, mm-hmm. do that. It's super easy to play and it's fun trying to make those decisions because it it does have a timer when you make those those decisions. So if you don't make a decision, the characters are like, you know, kind of what's going on, yeah. you know, so. Well, and that said, it's definitely not boring. No. Um, and you still get to do some badass Batmaning mm-hmm. in it, and they kind of they do it in a way that's not so demanding mm-hmm. from a, like a mechanical standpoint. But you still get to do some badass yeah. stuff. So the other thing that changed here this this season too was, so like yeah, like all the all the things are really quick time quick time. The first season you watched the, one of the episodes where I chose how to attack how to get into a room, so I can choose to smash a guy's head into a thing or trip him. And now this time, instead of planning it out prior, it'll go, so like I'll hit the X square button and then it'll go into a scene and then it'll say like you can either hit X to smash the head against the wall or square to trip them. And it'll do it like right in the moment. Oh. So like you're sliding in there, it's slow motion sliding and then it's like, okay, hit square and you'll smash your face. And I choose that every time because I want their their face to be smashed. (laughs) I'd be smashing all the faces. I would. Uh, if I ever played this, I'd probably get arrested in the first episode because I'd be murdering everyone. Well, because here's the other you don't follow the rules, you get dealt with. That's my. That's my. That's my Batman. And and again, for people who want to just try it out, it's five dollars for one episode. It's five dollars. So, for, especially for like Batman, go to the season one, buy the episode first one for five dollars. It's it's you're paying for an episode of TV, but it's three hours mm-hmm. and it's fun. It, it's a lot of fun. So. You heard it here, folks. Batman: The Telltale Series. Check it out. Mm-hmm. Let's uh, let's stay on this train. Let's uh, let's hear more from Seth. Uh, I want to turn to the world of TV. We're going to go into the latest edition of Seth's TV Corner. That's a my TV corner. I don't know. Why I'm stuck in a corner for. <laughs> I wish you were stuck in a corner. <laughs> big big week. I'm excited to hear about this. Mm-hmm. Uh, tell tell everyone at home what what you've been watching. Well, uh, first I. I'm not going to do a full review yet because it's not done yet, but I want to talk about the show The Sinner on USA. It stars Jessica Biel and Bill Pullman. <laughs> Bill Pullman's like an old 80s actor. But uh, it's only on episode two right now, and the reason I bring it up right now is it's a it's a limited series. So it's kind of like The Night Of, that type of thing, which I haven't watched yet. So, um, But it's 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 a very... it's it, it's, a, it's a mystery that goes... It kind of pulls... I was talking to you about it earlier, like... It's, it's like an onion. There's layers that get peeled off as it goes. And it's it's pretty intense, and it's a mystery. And the reason I bring it up now, it's I mean, A, it's super good. It's it's really well acted, and the, it's really, really well written. Jessica Biel, the star, right? Yeah, yeah. She's doing a good job? Yes, very, very good job. Um, she's, so the, if you see the trailer, you know the premise. She, just on a beach one day, just goes and stabs a guy. <laughs> and it no there's no context to it. Um, you don't know who this guy is. He's just making out with a girl on the beach, and she just goes and stabs him, and it's pretty graphic. Um, but well, I'm in. <laughs> um, and then, and it's kind of weird. Like the beginning is just kind of weird, you know. Something's off, but 
she stabs the guy and then it goes from there and she doesn't know why she did it kind of and then bill pullman's the the detective trying to get it out of her and so he's cover uh, covering uncovering clues as the, the the episodes go on so i would say check this out now if you're into that you know mystery type of stuff because a you don't want stuff spoiled for you mm-hmm. and b it's just kind of cool to watch stuff like that it's, it's different than like a because of the eight episodes i think it's cool to watch that as it goes with it being so short you know a season i understand being 20 episodes or whatever you might not be able to get into it but eight episodes you can definitely get into that do usa which usa has just not have a great track record for quality television but they burn notice <laughs> but they're they're starting to actually get up there i mean look at mr robot that show is critically one of the, one of the best shows on tv right now um had some emmy nominations a couple of years ago and everything now they got this i think they're trying to build that so definitely check that out um for some good suspense. The show, though, that I finished, um, which whew, uh, was was definitely incredible, was This Is Us, um, which is an Emmy-nominated um, hour-long drama slash... It's kind of, it's funny, too. It's got its comedy moments on, on NBC. Uh, stars Mandy Moore. I'm not going to say Milo's name or Milo, whatever the hell his name is. Milo Ventimiglia. There you go. I'm not going to say his name. Uh, Justin Hartley, who was Green Arrow on Smallville. <laughs> Nobody knows who that is. Uh, Sterling Brown, uh, Sterling K. Brown, I guess, and it's some kind of other n- unknown actors and actresses in this. But uh, I, I mean, I don't want to give away too much talking about this. It's so basically, it's it's a it's kind of the story of a family. I mean, it's a story of a of a of a because I don't want to give away too much talking about how the, how the story goes because the first yeah. the first like five episodes have things that. Un- like reveal itself in ways you're kind of like oh you know and that that's what hooks you into this mm-hmm. um what really gets you though is the relationship with the family like the whether it be the the mom and dad who are kind of off on their own for a lot of the series um and their relationship as having the kids or if it is the kids themselves who um have their own things in their life I, god i don't want to reveal too much it's so hard you're doing it's, a good job it's so hard but uh it, he, the thing that struck me so i mean it, it's a real genuine show i mean there's there's some real genuine moments between the characters and the family that are it, it's it gets you i'm not i'm not a person who normally gets too you know like emotional when it comes to these shows i did get a little glassy at it glassy at it a couple times and so that kind of surprised me i, I really care about these characters because that that's the thing i was talking to someone else about it no matter who's on the screen at one time you care about every single character like i have my personal favorites but i never get upset when one of the characters on the screen over the other. Like, mm-hmm. I, I care about the story. It also has some genuinely funny parts. I mean, the characters have their own... Um, they're, they're all charismatic, and they all have something that you're like, oh, that's you know that, that's really great about them. Some of them have stuff that's, oh, that sucks. But they all have their, their charismatic moments that make you laugh and make you care about them. So I've never watched a show where I've cared about every single character like that. I mean, the the best performers though were were is it Milo or Milo? Milo. <laughs> Milo. Um, he, he Jack, he's Jack. He's the dad in the show. Uh, he's great. Um, he he's he has a great performance. But my favorite was Sterling K. Brown as as Randall. He was he was by by far and away my favorite part of the show. I, I would say definitely check this out. I mean, it, it's it's not like hard to watch, but it's definitely you're gonna be emotionally struck by it. So is it one of those where? Um... People like me mm-hmm. who feel a little bit more emotion mm-hmm. a lot of the time. <laughs> um, there's there there are shows where shows or movies where you watch something and it it makes you cry, but you feel really good after. Like yeah. it's a good there's a good type of emotional. It's not yeah. like the it, we talked about uh, in their last TV corner. 
Um, Handmaid's Tale. Handmaid's Tale. And that was really Ooh. emotionally taxing. Yeah. And it was kind of maybe in a bad way, but this sounds mm-hmm. like it's it's more of like a positive way. Yes. Um, there there is there is still some stuff that is like, oh man. But there's also a lot of very good, like feel good emotional moments where it's like, okay, that feels you know, that that's good. Yeah, there there's one in particular with Sterling K. Brown and his again, I can't reveal it, but Yeah. Um there's just one there there's one emotional moment with him and his wife, I would say. Um, it's it's more pertaining to his wife and another character that comes in in, a few, in the first few episodes, and that was my favorite storyline was with Sterling K. Brown and this character, and it's it gets you a lot. And but there's also some really great moments. There's one episode where it's just him and this character traveling in a car, and that whole thing is there's some flashback type things going on, and it's it's. It makes you connect with the characters a lot, and there's some really good emotional moments. So, uh, all, there's also a, a guest appearance. By I just want to bring this up real quick. In Atlanta, um, there's the character Paperboy. Paperboy, <laughs> gotta get the Paperboy. Um, he makes an appearance in the show for one episode, which made me laugh. Um, but no, there's there's so many great elements of the show. Um, all characters do a great job, and it's, I mean, it's it, it def- definitely defied my expectations going in just from watching the the trailers a bunch. So. So let me ask you this. Um, I think a lot of folks have the impression going into this show. I think the the reputation that it has is that it's like the entire point of it is a tearjerker show. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, it, it, like watch this if you want to cry. And, and I know you're not, you're not into that mm-hmm. kind of stuff in general. So what do you say to a person that's like, I don't want to watch that show because I'm not into all that emotional BS? Um, I mean, honestly, it's – and again, I'm not the type of like, – I like, I mean, I like good shows, obviously, but I'm the type of person who's going to, you know, usually cry at a show or a movie. But it's really just a show about a family. I mean, every the, the show has things you can, can connect to no matter what position you're in in life, whether you're an only child or had kids or grew up adopted or whatever. Um, so there, there's definitely things to connect to, but it's just a family, it's a family drama comedy, you know. Um, everyone can relate to it. So it's, it's not always going to make you cry. There's going to be things you laugh at. There's going to be things that you feel mad about. There's going to be things you feel s- sad about. But the characters are just super genuine, and it, it's great. It's overall great. I think it, it's hard. I ugh. It's hard to say if you, if you talk about Emmys, mm-hmm. uh, if you go back to the Emmys, like what, if, if that would, I, I feel like that, that could definitely win um, for Best Show. I feel like it could sweep. <laughs> but um, personally, I still... I still feel like in terms of well, because I don't think there was no lead actress for this. She was she was supporting, um, who's the girl Kate in the show, which <laughs> kind of makes me so. I think she could she could win, but I thought <laughs> I'm kind of sad for Justin Hartley because <laughs> he wasn't a super serious character in the show. He had some serious moments and stuff, but he didn't get nominated for anything. Everyone else did. Yeah. Like literally everyone. Even there was a doctor in the show who was in like three episodes who was great. He was awesome. But he's nominated for he's guests. He's nominated for guests. <laughs> and also the, the character I was talking about nominated for guests. Uh, the girl, Kate, his sister in the show, nominated. Sterling K. Brown, nominated. Milo, nominated. Mandy Moore was not. But like so many nominated people. Justin Hartley was not, and he was good. He was, re- and he's an actor in the show too. Like he plays an actor. <laughs> oh, the poor guy. But no, uh, and <laughs> he's been stuck on. It's funny because he's been stuck on. He was on Smallville. That's kind of where he got his big start, and then he's been stuck on like three or four uh, soap operas for the last like ten years. Mm. He's done a few shows here and there, 
but mostly soap operas. So I'm glad he's gotten a, a big break now, and he's doing he's he's going to be, you know, hopefully in more stuff because he's good. I like him a lot, but yeah. Well, maybe there will be chances for him in subsequent seasons mm-hmm. to get a nomination. Yeah, because this has been renewed for two more seasons, yeah. which makes me happy because I want to see more of these people. Um, at the same time, I I feel nervous when shows renew for multiple, multiple seasons. seasons because. To me, and I've seen it even happen before, like, shows will... Get lazy. They'll get lazy, and they won't try as hard. And I hope that when they... Because, like, the girl in the show, Kate, she got the job with, like... She was on Fallon. She said she had, like, 80-some cents in her pocket when she got the job. And, she, and she, like, she had to scrounge up money to even get to the audition. And she they called her, and she got it, and she was ecstatic, and now her life's changed, you know? Um, and I hope that these the people on the show, because a lot of them, like Manny Moore hasn't done stuff in a while. Um, Milo is probably the most successful. Milo, Milo, whatever. He's been the most successful probably out of that cast. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, I hope that they all care enough about the subject matter and that none of the showrunners leave and the writers leave and all that, that they can continue to make a really great show. Because they still have a lot they can tell. The mm-hmm. way they tell the story, there's a lot they can tell. So definitely give this a shot. Give it, Give it a shot. If you don't like the show within the first two episodes, you don't have a heart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're here, here for <laughs> Seth Hout's calling out your humanity if yeah. you don't like This Is Us. And I don't have much of humanity as, as it is myself. Especially right. when, it, when, it, when it comes to, to like emotional shows. Like I'll watch them and enjoy them, but I won't cry or anything like that. But this one, this one's it, it gets you. So. Well, good. A, a sparkling review of, yeah. of This Is Us. Maybe, maybe an Emmy winner. I, I feel like it, I, I, even if it's not just based off quality... I feel like it's gonna do it just because of how people reacted to it, mm-hmm. and they could they could definitely. The interesting one will be Sterling K. Brown versus versus Milo. Yeah, yeah, because they're in the same category. They were both had they were both leads in the show and had pretty equal screen time um, in terms of even just like even if they, one of them wasn't on an episode, there was another episode that kind of counteracted that. Sure. So no. Okay, so I'm gonna ask you a potentially hard question. Mm-hmm. Um, today, are you willing to say that this is your favorite? In not your favorite show, but like your favorite to win best drama. Are you prepared to make that sort of assertion, or do you just think it has yeah. a good shot? I think it. I think it has the best shot. I, I don't know. I don't know for sure because I. So I watched. I don't have the list pulled up or anything, but I've watched almost all of them, other than like Westworld and The Crown. And I've seen parts of Westworld. I don't think that'll win. The Crown. I. It's. I don't think it has enough popularity to really win. Handmaid's Tale. I think is still like the better overall show in terms of just like writing acting because it, it's there's more acting involved in that mm-hmm. but i mean this is us has everything it has it has funny it has you know sad happy mad it has everything and it has stuff that people like so we'll see well good i've, I've heard good things we got a really really strong recommendation from a friend mm-hmm. on this one so I, yeah. I know i'm gonna try to check it out before the emmys you definitely it should. sounds like i'm gonna lose weight in tears yeah you, um, you i'm a lot more emotional than you, you and, so. and you there's a lot of things you could connect to more than i could so <laughs> So I, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I haven't cried in a while, so I'll give that a shot. I don't know. We watched uh, we watched uh, uh, My Little Pony last week, and you, you got a little emotional. Shut so. up, man. <laughs> All right, so we got one that we I've been waiting on for a while now. Um, we got uh, Cody tells me a uh, all about a horror movie. Ooh. Ah! Ooh. I, hey, let me tell you, man. I'm very excited about this. Yeah. Um, I am a storyteller at heart. Uh, you know this. 
Um, but I'm not a story writer. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I like to tell other people's stories, especially when it comes to horror movies. This last weekend, I went and saw Annabelle Creation. Mm. Mm-hmm. It's the latest in this Conjuring universe, uh, which I, I will, I'll talk a little bit later about what I think of this Conjuring universe. But there has already been an Annabelle this is a prequel to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what we're learning about is the creepy-ass doll that you're all picturing at home. Uh, this is her origin story, mm-hmm. right? <clears throat> I know how much you like origin stories. Um, <laughs> I, I, I thought this was a good one. Well, first off, spoilers. There's going to be spoilers. There also. will be heavy spoilers. I will spoil everything in this movie. Yeah, because he, he has to tell me the whole thing in, in order for me to understand it. But I remember when you told me the first Annabelle. Um, and actually, the way you, like, honestly, the way you, the way you told it, what, actually, I ended up seeing the... the video from it i've seen some of the the clips it was pretty accurate <laughs> so well let, let's jump right into it so annabelle um starts off with some like old-timey footage of uh, a family the husband and wife and their daughter right guess who the fucking daughter is of course it's annabelle right but they just for the beginning of the movie they just call her b that's their nickname they have mm. for her. shows a couple scenes of them being really cute um there's a scene where Annabelle B is afraid of the dark, so she asks her mom to come in and turn the the music. She turned music on for her so she can sleep. So she turns on a record player and it plays "You Are My Sunshine," <laughs> uh, which is a song I love. And was that in previous movies? Uh it might have been in Annabelle. Okay. Um. <clears throat> anyway, so you get a couple of cute scenes of her with her parents, and then one day they're driving home from church. Um, by the way, before I go on, the dad is a doll maker. That's important to the story. Okay. Dad's a doll maker. Um, they're coming home from church one day. They get a flat tire. They pull over to fix the tire. The dad is, you know, cranking the lug nuts and whatever. One of the lug nuts falls off of the car, rolls into the street. Annabelle runs out into the street after it. Bow! Gets hit by a car. Um, was that in the first, any of this backstory in the first movie? No. So, because I thought the, the... Okay, the girl Annabelle was in the first movie, though, right? I'll get to that. Okay. I'll get to that. So, uh, Annabelle is just, you know, road Railed. garbage. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Annabelle road, is roadkill. Road yeah. Annabelle is roadkill. Uh, the parents are distraught. Oh, my God, what's happening or whatever? Boom. Hard cut 12 years later, right? We're given the main protagonists of the story. It's a nun and her several uh, charges from a uh, orphanage. It's all girls who are orphans, and this nun that takes care of them. That's already creepy. It is definitely creepy. (laughs) The family from earlier, Annabelle's parents, they have a big-ass house. All the orphans are going to go live at that house. All right? So you know some shit is about to go down. Right? We're introduced to the two main characters, two young girls, Janice and Linda. Okay? They're two really good friends from the orphanage, and they kind of make a pact that uh, wherever one goes, the other will go. So if one gets adopted, they're both going to go. They're really tight friends, really adorable stuff. They can't make that decision. Well, you know in a horror movie, the only reason they would make that pact is so that it can come into play later. So, Mm -hmm. Janice is, um, it it sounds like she's gone through polio, and she's got a fucked up leg. Mm -hmm. So one of her legs is in a brace, so she can't move very well, which is absolutely torturous when we get into the scary shit. (laughs) So, they move into the house. And pretty much about 20 minutes is dedicated to setting up all of the future scares of the movie. So, um, in one scene, one of the girls stumbles upon a, um, a little Harry Potter closet under the stairs. In another scene, the nun finds out that there is a dumbwaiter in the house. You know what a dumbwaiter is? 
it's those things where you open up a little window and there's a little elevator that you mm. can raise within the house yeah. to send shit upstairs. Um, there's a dumb waiter in the house that gets shown. Um, they oh, show God. like quick shots and like little tiny scenes that seem to mean nothing, but clearly what they're doing is alluding to some shit that's going to happen later. Um, Janice is able to climb the stairs by a chairlift mm-hmm. that goes up the stairs. Um, and so for a while you're just looking around the house seeing all the shit that's going to come back to scare you later, mm-hmm. right? I'm already out. Yeah. So two things are really important to the beginning part of this. One, the mother um, is kind of immobile. She's somehow handicapped. She stays in her bedroom and never comes out. And that's it. That's the all mother... we're um, Annabelle's mom, okay. the mother of the house, She no one ever talks to her. She hides oh, in Okay, room. so they're living. they're all living in the house of Annabelle. They're living in Annabelle's house. Okay. Yeah. So the dad is also just a real creep show, Mm -hmm. um, but seemingly harmless, right? The other thing, Annabelle's room, her bedroom, is off limits. The door is kept locked. Mm -hmm. No one can go in there. So, of course, here's what happens. Uh, The first night, everyone goes to sleep. Janice is asleep. She's woken up by a knock on her door, Mm -hmm. and a little note slides underneath, and she picks it up and says, find me. And she's like, ooh, you know, someone wants to play and see. So she goes out into the hallway. And then a note slides out from underneath Annabelle's door, mm-hmm. and it says, I'm in here. So she goes over, she picks it up. She sees it, and she's like, oh, I'm not supposed to go in there, because mm-hmm. the dad had told her, don't ever go in here. Yeah. She goes in the room. Uh, inexplicably, the door is unlocked. It mm-hmm. ju- I think it even just like pops open for her. Mm-hmm. She goes into the room. It's super. Cre- it's as creepy as you would expect a dead girl's room to be. Mm-hmm. It's got a big-ass um, dollhouse. She's looking at the dollhouse. It's a perfect replica of the house that they're in. Mm-hmm. Um, and in one of the closets, she finds a little key. And the closet corresponds to a closet in the room she's in. Mm-hmm. So she goes over to that door. She keys it open, opens it up. Guess what's sitting in there? Doll. The doll. Yeah. The Annabelle doll, everyone knows. She's sitting in there. And what you can see is that there's like weird like newspaper clippings or some shit mm-hmm. all taped around the side of that closet. And she sees the doll. Okay. So... My question, and I hope this gets answered, but in, in the first Annabelle, there's blood that goes into Annabelle's eye. I'll get to that. Okay. Yep. So, Annabelle, the doll, is sitting there in a chair looking creepy as fuck. And uh, Janice does what most horror people don't do, and she says, nope, and closes the door. Yeah. <laughs> Good job, Janice. She says, nope, and closes the door and tries to walk away. Door pops back open. She goes, closes it again. Door pops back open. She closes it, locks it, walks away. Door pops back open. Okay? Why does she keep doing it? Uh, then, get this. This is a really cool scare. She gets a sheet off of the bed. She's creeped out by the doll. Mm-hmm. Walks over to the to the closet. Throws a sheet over top of Annabelle. Mm-hmm. Right? So she's covered by a sheet. Then she goes, she closes the door, goes back into the room, starts looking at other shit. Right? She's not so creeped out. Um, so she's looking at the other things that are in the room. <clears throat> You get a shot of her facing the camera over her shoulder. You see the door creep open, mm-hmm. right? You see the sheet over the chair mm-hmm. and then you see it stand up and it looks like someone's underneath that sheet. Yeah. She walks the sheet, walks over toward her. Janice doesn't know this whole time. The sheet walks over toward her. The music builds. You're like, oh, what the fuck is going to happen? She's walking over as she's walking across. 
um, whatever's under there is stepping on the front of the sheet. Mm-hmm. So it's starting to fall off of the front of her. Mm-hmm. And just as she gets there, you see an arm reach out against the sheet mm-hmm. toward Janice. And then it takes another step and the whole sheet falls off. Mm-hmm. Nothing's there. Huh. Um, Janice turns around. No one's standing there, but the sheet is there. Mm-hmm. The doll is in the closet. Mm-hmm. She says, enough of this shit. Yeah. And gets the hell out of there. Yeah. Right? She goes back to bed. Okay, so the next night, uh, some stuff happens during the day that doesn't really matter. The next night, um, Janice and her friend Linda are in Annabelle's room hanging out. And the doll, by the way, when they go into the room that day, the doll's sitting on the bed. Mm -hmm. No one's moved it. Just sitting on the bed. Linda is messing around with this little gun that... You fishing, you fishing reel the a ball, mm-hmm. and it's attached to the gun, and it goes up into the gun. You shoot it, and the ball's on a string. Mm-hmm. So Linda's fucking around with one of those, and she shoots it, and it hits Annabelle. And they're like, oh my gosh, like whatever. Um, meanwhile, Janice is fucking with the record that plays You Are My Sunshine. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they talk to each other for a while, and then they look at the doll, and it's looking straight at Linda. Like, giving her the death glare. Mm-hmm. Linda gets, understandably, creeped the fuck out mm-hmm. and pieces out. She's like, I'm going to bed. I'm getting the hell out of here. Yeah. She leaves the room. Um, you get another shot of Janice looking away, and the door closes behind Linda. Very slowly, quietly oh. closes. God. Uh, it gets very silent and creepy. Janice is in the room. She turns around, and there's one of those puppet show things. Mm-hmm. Where you'd have like the hand puppets and you reach up into the the frame of this thing. Mm-hmm. And there's puppets just going blah, 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 And so she walks over to it. She tries to grab one of the puppets and they both just like fall down. Mm-hmm. Like there's nothing there. She she opens the curtain. No one's in there. Curtain uh, Puppets were just doing their own thing. Mm-hmm. She turns around. Annabelle's staring right at her. <laughs> she's like, fuck this noise. So she goes over. As she's getting ready to leave the room the dollhouse that's in there, mm-hmm. all the lights just turn on. Click. So she walks over to it, starts looking around. She notices that one of the dolls she had played with the night before, tiny little model dolls that mm-hmm. go in the dollhouse, has moved mm-hmm. and is in the room she's in. Mm-hmm. She also notices that it looks a little different. Um, she's looking at it. She backs away from the dollhouse, stands up, and there is a little girl standing on the opposite side of the dollhouse. It's Annabelle from beginning. Okay. Completely normal girl looking, Annabelle, though. Mm-hmm. Staring right at her. She, like, does, like, a quick fuck. And then um, she's like, hey, are you the daughter that used to live here? And she's like, yeah. And then she, like, turns around and walks over to the window and just kind of starts tap, tap, tapping on the window. That's not a trailer. Yeah. yeah. Janice, Janice is like, uh, what's up, man? Uh, you're kind of doing the ghost thing in here? Like, what, uh, what gives? Hey, homie. Yeah. And Annabelle goes... Um, can you help me? And Janice goes, she's walking over toward her. Uh, Janice, by the way, still has a limp. She's mm-hmm. got a fucked up leg. She's kind of limping over to her. And she goes, yeah, like, what do you need? And Annabelle turns around and goes, your soul. <laughs> and her face has transformed into like a fucking demon's, demon's face. Uh-huh. And it's it's really cheesy, but also scares the shit out of you because like, your soul. <laughs> <laughs> Janice like backs up, falls down. Um, she, you see like a silhouette of Annabelle, like from the light from the window, mm-hmm. she uh, grows into a bigger silhouette and starts like. Bleh. Then Janice kind of scrambles out of the room, takes off, um, and when she gets out of the room, she closes the door behind her, and then she 
gets down the hall, turns around, and you can see this just black like smoke mm-hmm. climbing out of the of the door. Mm-hmm. And she's like, "Fuck, I gotta get out of here." She starts screaming. No one can hear. She goes to run down the hallway, but the hallway like elongates in front of her, so she ain't getting out of there. So here's what she does: she jumps on the stair lift to uh, ride the stair lift down the stair, the chair lift down the stairs. Mm-hmm. Um, flicks it, can't get it to work. Obviously, finally it works. She starts going down the stairs, right? It goes really fucking slowly and it's really infuriating. And then in the middle, it stops and starts going back upstairs. Oh, no. Uh-huh. She's freaking out. She can't get the seatbelt undone. She can't get out of it. It gets to the top of the stairs, stops again, just sits there. You see, like, her and then the hallways behind her. And you can't see anything. She's just standing there looking around. And then, blah! She gets pulled up out of the chair into the sky. And it, you just hold on the empty shot now, the mm-hmm. empty chair. And then it changes shots, and you're looking at a landing down below the stairwell, mm-hmm. and you see, boop, her shoe lands on the ground. And then like two seconds later, bam, her body lands on the ground. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, she booms right on the fucking ground. Cut to the next day. They've taken her to the hospital. She's now in a wheelchair. She's probably never going to walk again. Mm-hmm. She knows that. She's in a shit mood. It's not good. Mm-hmm. Right? You get a couple other kind of story elements um, in the next little preceding time. Um, one of which I want to point out, uh, the nun who's in charge of the orphans is talking to the dad. Mm-hmm. And she pulls out a photo album of her and her nun friends mm-hmm. at her old thing. And they're looking and she's pointing it out. And she like kind of turns the picture. And you can kind of see like on those old holographic uh, baseball cards. Mm-hmm. When she turns it and the light hits it just right, you can see another face there. Mm-hmm. And the guy, the guy she's talking to is like, hey, who's that? And she kind of turns it so they can see it again. She's like, I don't know who that is. It's the fucking nun. The nun. The nun. Every, you know who I'm talking about at home. The nun from The Conjuring 2 okay. who's like all fucking scared. The most scary shit I've ever seen in my life is this nun. <laughs> and that's her. And uh, I was in the theater like, oh, damn, that nun is going to be a part of this. And so then they're doing a, a solo movie for her, right? Yep. It's, a, it's okay. an Easter egg for the upcoming nun movie. Okay. Um, doesn't pertain to this story at all. But wanted to point it out. Cool okay. shot. Okay, so after the excellent nun um, Easter egg. Say nun. Uh, they fast forward. It's the next day. Um, the Janice is in her wheelchair. She's in a real shit mood. All the other kids are playing. Janice doesn't want to be hung out with. Um, but the, the nun takes her outside and just like wants her to have sun on her. So she's like, oh, here you have sun on you now. And then um, the... The mom of the house that's always hiding in that room, she has a bell that she rings mm-hmm. that um, means she needs something. And the husband is out of the house, so when this bell starts ringing, the nun goes in the house. She leaves the daughter kind of sitting in the lawn out there in mm-hmm. their wheelchair. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, um, she's kind of laying there and enjoying the sun, and then her wheelchair just starts to move forward. Mm-hmm. She turns around, and she can kind of see the outline of like a nun, but she can't see the face. It's in the sunlight. And it pushes her and pushes her and pushes her into the shed, um, which you saw earlier is the shed where he builds his dolls. Mm. Um, Pushes her into the shed and then dumps her out of the wheelchair onto the ground. And then all the doors and windows close. So it's dark in here. Um, She starts hearing shit around her and starts like crawling around and like trying to hide. And eventually she's hiding under this table and she turns and looks and there's the girl, Annabelle, sitting there. And she's like, wow. And starts crawling after her and oh, does no. one of those shots where it just keeps coming straight at you. Yeah. And you're like, ah! Because it just, it's, you know. And she's coming at her and then she grabs her, flips her over, gets on top of her, and goes, Bleh! 
and barfs straight into her mouth. Good God. Yeah, which, if you've seen The Conjuring, is exactly how, that's how a demon possesses a person. Okay. By puking into their mouths. Yuck. Yeah. So, the girls outside are playing, hear screaming, come into the shed. Mm. Um, Janice is sitting in her wheelchair, just perfectly, like, calmly, mm-hmm. and is like, No barf on her? Sorry for yelling, I couldn't get out. Very chill. Uh-huh. Right? And she just generally is, like, really creepy from then on. Mm-hmm. She's been possessed, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, now, the main character becomes Linda after this. <clears throat> Linda, who is Janice's friend, starts noticing that she's acting really weird. Mm-hmm. And she's also carrying around the Annabelle doll now. Oh, weird. Which is super fucking creepy. Yeah. It sucks. So she starts noticing that Janice is acting weird. Says something to the dad. Says, hey, um, the dad... <laughs> Janice is acting really weird. She started fucking with that doll, and now shit's going crazy. The dad says, oh, fuck. She shouldn't have been fucking with that doll. Like, don't do that. (laughs) And then um, he hears the bell ring inside the house. Mm -hmm. So he's like, all right, I got to get up and go in the house. He walks into the house. He starts noticing the house is just, like, weird. It's too quiet in there, and it's, like, too dark. Mm -hmm. So he walks down the hall, and he turns to the dining room. The doll is sitting in a chair, and there's a little note next to it. And he goes over to it, and he pulls it up and looks at it, and it says, found you. And then he turns around, and Janice is fucking standing there, uh-huh. looking creepy, standing, completely normal. She wasn't able to walk, but now she can stand. Right. He's like, look, um, he starts calling her Annabelle. Mm-hmm. Look, Annabelle, it's okay, like, um, I'm sorry for what we did, um, which, by the way, hasn't been explained yet. I'm sorry for what we did, it's gonna be okay, like, we can talk about this. And Janice kind of starts stepping backwards into the darkness. And when it gets completely dark over her, you can see her eyes are just white. It's oh, yeah. really fucking creepy. And then her silhouette starts to grow into like a fucking bigger thing. Uh-huh. It's like eight feet tall. And it starts to like... <sighs> the dad um, has a crucifix. So he picks up the crucifix and he starts walking toward the demon carrying the crucifix, right? Mm-hmm. Straight out in front of him like a person would. <laughs> um, the demon starts like... <laughs> Like it doesn't like the fucking crucifix. Mm-hmm. So then the dad is holding it out. You get a close up shot of the dad's hand on the crucifix, right? Mm-hmm. And then one by one, starting with the index finger, this guy's finger just goes all the way back to his wrist. Oh, Jesus. Then the next finger, all the way back to his wrist. All four fingers, complete back turn. Ah. Horrible. And you get a close up view of it, and it's disgusting. Yeah. Mangles this guy's fucking hand. He drops the crucifix and the shot stops. Mm -hmm. It changes to outside. There's like a scream from the inside. All the girls run in. They go inside. Dude is dead. Yeah. As like super dead. (laughs) So now it's just all these girls and the mom, right? Um, The ambulance comes, takes the dad away, and everyone's like, oh, okay. Things are normal now. (laughs) So Linda knows that shit is up. Mm -hmm. So she, while Janice is sleeping, walks into... Janice's room, picks up the doll, and bolts. She goes outside. Mm-hmm. There's a well out there. She runs over to the well, and she throws Annabelle, the doll, in the well. Mm-hmm. Right? And then um, the nun saw her go outside. The nun, by the way, is good. She's not evil mm-hmm. yet. Um, chases her outside, sees her dump the thing in, and then an uh, like a person arm reaches out of the well and grabs linda and tries pulling her into the well Mm -hmm. and the nun grabs her and is like no you're not getting her and pulls her out and then throws the top onto the well Mm -hmm. and then it starts like getting banged on like and they're like we need to get the fuck out of here 
let's go to the house. So they go into the house. The nun goes inside, talks to the mom, okay? Turns out what's wrong with the mom is that half of her face is really fucked up, mm-hmm. and they hide it with like a like a Phantom of the Opera yeah. mask. The mom gives the story's exposition. The girl died. They started praying that something, that they could talk to their daughter again. Mm-hmm. Um, all of a sudden, the daughter started showing up as a ghost, right? Uh-huh. Um, then the daughter, the ghost daughter, asked for permission to have the doll as a conduit mm-hmm. so that she could be around more. And they said, yeah, of course. Only later did they find out it was a fucking demon, not their daughter, who was asking about this shit. Mm. So what they did was they took the doll, put it in that closet I told you about before, and they taped the the pages of the Bible all around the closet, uh-huh. and it locks it in there so the demon can't get out. Okay. So when Janice opened it, she let that fucking demon out, and that's why all this happened. Mm. So that happens, and then she starts hearing, like, screaming. Right? So, Linda has gone inside. I'm trying to think of how. Oh. And as a part of all that flashback that she's kind of expositing, you find out the reason her face is fucked up is because that demon got after her and Mm. clawed her face in half. Mm. And her eye's gone. And you get to see a shot of that. She looks kind of like Two-Face. It's really gross. She doesn't have an eye. It's gone. (laughs) (laughs) So, you get a scene now where... Um, it's kind of split into a few different areas of the house, right? So Janice is completely fucking possessed and crazy now. She's mm-hmm. trying to stab all the girls. The girls kind of run away from her out into the shed from before, mm-hmm. and they're going to get fucked with by a demon out there. Janice is chasing Linda for a while. So there's kind of two things going on. Mm-hmm. Linda is in the bedroom where Janice is getting ready to kind of stab her. And the nun is trying to defend them. She's got like a crucifix and is like, you can't get Linda. So uh, Janice just picks her up and just boosh, throws her against the wall. (laughs) Dealt with. She's done. Um, You cut away to the shed. One of the girls has run. No, all of the girls are in the shed. And then most of them run out, but one gets locked inside. Mm -hmm. There's like a scarecrow that comes to life and fucks with her. Mm -hmm. And then like a demon tries getting after her. Um, But it's really just extra fluffer crap. And she gets saved. Linda is being kind of pursued by Janice now, right? Mm-hmm. She somehow, like, dis disarms her or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then she climbs into that dumbwaiter from before and starts going up the... Or going down. They're on the top floor. She starts going down the dumbwaiter. Mm-hmm. She goes down and the dumbwaiter leads to the mom's room. So she climbs out into the mom's room. And what's in there is the mom, except she's been ripped in half. Oh, God. She is half a person and she's been, like crucified up on the wall with her arms spread out. Her legs are in one part of the room. Her body's in another. Okay. And I got to spin it back because the girls, the rest of the girls went into her room and saw that scene Mm -hmm. and left. That's why they ran outside. Okay. Um, Linda, when she walks in, the top torso part of the body is on the floor, actually. Okay. And then it wakes up and starts crawling at her. Ah. Yeah. It's really horrible. She jumps back in the dumbwaiter and says, I'm getting the fuck out of here and starts climbing up it. Then Janice has made her way downstairs and is trying to climb up the dumb waiter under her to get her. Mm-hmm. So she'll like look out from the side of it and you'll see like her like bah! climbing up the side of it. And she'll like, she'll alternate between Janice face and like bah! face. Mm-hmm. And yeah. So she climbs all the way back up to the bedroom. Mm-hmm. Right. And Janice shows up. I forget how she just shows up in the room. Mm-hmm. Janice is getting ready to fuck Linda all the way up. 
and she's like getting ready to stab her. She says a bunch of cryptic shit, gets ready to stab her. Then the nun from earlier, the good nun pops up. She's like, yo, Janice, don't fuck up my girl. And then Janice turns around. She's still got a knife and she, she goes at her, Mm -hmm. but the nun is holding Annabelle. So when Janice goes to stab the nun, she holds Annabelle in front of it Mm -hmm. and she stabs the doll. When she stabs the doll, the nun grabs her and throws her into the closet that's lined with all the Bible shit. Okay. Throws the door shut, throws a dresser in front of the door. You hear all this like really gross screaming Mm -hmm. and like banging around in there. And then eventually it stops. And so they've, they've beaten her. Yeah. Um, all the girls are fine. The only person to die was the dad and the mom. And you get like next day, the sun's out. The cops have come. They're dragging out the half dead bodies in the dead body. It's my favorite part of horror movies. Yeah. It's the best. They go upstairs and because they've been warned about Anna, uh, Janice being in that closet. So they go up there, they open the closet up, and the, she's not there. Okay. There's a big hole in the wall, and Janice is gone. And so is the doll. Janice and the doll are okay. both gone. There's nothing in the closet. No, sorry. The doll is there. Janice is gone. The doll is there. Okay. They The cops are like, we'll look for her. And they're out in the middle of nowhere, so like, we'll find her. She can't have gone far mm-hmm. or whatever. Then they take the doll. They're like, which one of you girls wants the doll? They're like joking because they don't understand what's going on. Yeah. And the girl's like, uh, no, fuck you. <laughs> so they throw it in the cop car, take it, and they leave. Mm-hmm. Okay. Then you get sort of a cut, and you sh- you're shown an orphanage, right? And you start to zoom into the orphanage with this these two parents. Mm-hmm. Two parents are walking into the orphanage. And you start to see like uh, some of the people who are in the orphanage. They go into a room. Little blonde girl, Linda is sitting on the floor, right? Mm-hmm. She's kind of playing with toys or whatever. And um, the two parents are like, hey, we got you a toy. And they hold it up and it's a doll. Yeah. It's a, a Raggedy Ann doll. Okay. Which the real Annabelle is a Raggedy Ann doll. Okay. Um, the creepy doll they made up is made up. Mm-hmm. So it's a Raggedy Ann doll, so that's kind of a cool callback. And they're like, do you want it? And Linda turns around. It's not Linda. It's Janice. She made her way out and got to this fucking orphanage somehow and is about to be adopted by these two parents. And they're like shaking this doll at her. She's like, oh my God, I love it. And she grabs it. And the orphanage lady is like, don't you just love it, Annabelle? She's going by the name Annabelle now. (laughs) Oh shit. Um, Then it fast forwards. It cuts hard and you get a 12 year fast forward. And you start panning through this house that has pictures of Annabelle kind of growing up into Mm -hmm. an adult. And then um, you see the two parents of that house sleeping Mm -hmm. and they get woken up by a noise in their their house. So they get up and they go over. The dad starts to walk out of the bedroom and boom, he gets his throat slit Mm -hmm. and kind of comes back into the room spraying blood everywhere and is like, oh God, I'm going to die now. And then a woman walks in and the lady who's still in bed goes, Annabelle? It's fucking her. This is her adopted family. She's now grown up mm-hmm. and come back to murder her parents. And this is the opening scene from Annabelle. Yeah. So what happens in that scene, she murders the parents. Then um, she goes next door to murder more people. And the family that lives there oh. shoot her. She bleeds back into the fucking doll. Cause she's the reason she came back to the house was to get that doll. Okay. I don't know how they got the doll. Yeah. Or how she got the doll. Okay, so the scene, so the scene in Annabelle when next door when you see that stuff going on. Yep. That's Annabelle. That is Annabelle okay. coming, killing her adopted parents, and she will eventually be killed and put back into the doll. Okay. Which is really fucking confusing. Yeah. So what has happened is Annabelle was a girl, died. Demon 
tricked her parents into giving her the doll, mm-hmm. right? The doll then got Janice and possessed her, mm-hmm. right? So now Janice and the doll have grown up under the name Annabelle, mm-hmm. killed the parents, Janice died, and the demon left her, went back into the doll. Yeah. And now we're at Annabelle. Okay. That makes Super sense. fucking weird. That yeah. makes sense now, though. <clears throat> it makes sense. Um, movie ends. Yeah. Right? And you're like, what the fuck? Because a lot of that stuff happens in like 25 minutes. Yeah. Um, then, I can't believe I'm saying this, there are post-credit scenes <laughs> to this movie. There's a half-credit scene where you start to really, you see Annabelle, the doll, uh-huh. sitting in a chair, and it just zooms in on her. Mm-hmm. You get like a quarter shot. You're zooming in on one side of her face. And it's playing... Um, like Jack in the Box kind of music mm-hmm. from The Conjuring. Mm-hmm. Zooms in on her, zooms in on her, it's perfectly still, and then it stops, and then it she'll like she like looks at you, and it's it's with that is like a little so it's like really innocent except mm-hmm. for like boom she looks at you cuts mm-hmm. then there's credits okay there's another scene mm-hmm. where it's showing a church and there's this long hallway with torches along the side mm-hmm. and you see this figure walking toward you. And as it passes the torches, they stop. They go out. Mm-hmm. Go out. Go out. She gets right up close to the screen. You can tell from the outline that it's the nun, mm-hmm. but you can't see her face. And the last torches go on. It's just dark. Okay. So it's a lead into the nun. Yeah. The nun is the next movie in the Conjuring universe. Mm-hmm. Um, which, in general, I've liked so far. I thought they've been really interesting and creative with some of the scares. I thought they've done a good job staying outside of, like you know, the horror movie tropes. Mm-hmm. Like, they've, they've tried to be more creative than most movies. Right. So, as much as I dislike the idea of a movie universe, <laughs> uh, I, I do like where they've gone with this so far. And yeah. I will be seeing The Nun because that will scare the shit out of everybody. <laughs> and I will be back then to, of course, explain it to you. Yeah. Um, no, that sounds... Sounds fucked up. It was... It had some really good scares. And I left out a couple of the, like ancillary don't need to hear about them scary mm-hmm. scenes um so if you're a person out there who likes horror movies um i would recommend going to see this if you don't like horror movies don't go see it mm-hmm. it's not going to change your mind yeah <laughs> uh it's, it's pretty solid but um the good part about it is the scares yeah you know the scare i went for the scares i got the scares it was good stuff yeah that, that'd be my general how do you movie. feel about the overall story for these um I think it's a little too circumstantial that mm-hmm. they all tie back into the same shit. Yeah. You know, there's got to be more than one demon. Was Anna... So, like, Annabelle was in what kind con- Like, first Conjuring, second Conjuring? She was in the first as, like, a side story. I was going to say, like, what... what she Did she just... Was it a doll that killed people? Um, there's... So, in the beginning of The Conjuring, you're finding out about the two main characters and mm-hmm. how they came to become ghost hunters. Mm-hmm. And... In doing that, they tell an example of a ghost they previously hunted, Mm -hmm. or or a demon, and it's Annabelle. And it's these two, like, teenage, not, like, 20-year-old girls that are in college, and they have this doll, and it starts fucking with their Mm -hmm. house, and so they have the ghost hunters come. So it's really just, like, a very creepy side story Mm -hmm. in the first Annabelle, and then they went and did the whole, yeah, in the first Conjuring. Then they came back and did the whole Annabelle, but then in the second The Conjuring, you found out that the nun is this badass demon Mm -hmm. and now it appears that the nun is somehow attached to annabelle and they're all attached to the two conjuring movies that we've seen Mm -hmm. which both have the same ghost hunting couple 
Okay. So it, that that's my thing is like it seems to be too connected, too coincidental for yeah. it to all go back into the same. So, but uh, I'm okay with it. So they haven't said why she's connected to Annabelle yet. No. Nun? Okay, so I'm assuming the nun will probably do that. You just know that the nun is a bad bitch, and you know that Annabelle is a demon, mm-hmm. and they appear to be connected because they they both keep showing up in the same places. Is the nun like a demon? The nun definitely appears to be a demon. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And I think they even name it. I think the nun has a demon name. In The Conjuring 2. Um, so, it's scary. Yeah. <laughs> see, like, I know we kind of talked about it, but I'll, I'll see horror movies that they have a cool premise. Mm-hmm. This doesn't have a cool premise to me. It's just a horror movie. Yeah. That's um, why I say, if you're not a horror movie fan, this yeah. won't change your mind. But, like, It, I'm going to see, and uh, Happy Happy Death Day, I'll see that. Oh, yeah. But, no. No, no horror movies for me. <laughs> Well, even though you're not going to go see it, I hope you got the gist. Yeah. Um, and uh, for all of you out there who are maybe too afraid to go see it, uh, I hope you got the gist of what you were missing from uh, this this first Cody Explains a Horror Movie to Seth <laughs> uh, segment. One other movie we can talk about real quick. I don't know how much time we're doing right Oh, now. we're like way over, yeah. but that's okay. Um, one other movie we can talk about real quick, um, Slight. We watched Slight. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we won't spend a ton of time on it, but let's uh, do a one minute review of Slight. Yeah, go. Um, stars no other no people other than Dulé Hill, <laughs> Gus Burton Guster from Psych. Um, but it's just kind of it's a story about a guy who's a street magician slash drug dealer who uh, basically is screwed over by this drug dealer, um, and he well he actually kind of screws himself because he he cuts the drugs, and mm-hmm. so the drug dealer fucks up his life. And he, part of his street act is he has an, a magnet in his arm. He, like, installs it in his arm. And he's able to somehow, through that installment in his arm, like, manipulate metal. And so he uses that to kind of avenge at the end. You know, it's, it, be, an, be an avenger. It's cool. It's really cool. Uh, well acted. I thought mm-hmm. the story was really interesting. It was different. Yeah. Um, I, it, was a, it, was, it was, it's on video, on demand. Yeah. I, I think it's a recommend from us. Yeah. Um, definitely check it, check it out. It's a nice little 90 minute movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, no big universe tie-ins or no. any shit like that. Just a nice movie. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Something that made me think of, so it's a WWE film, um, which I love wrestling. <laughs> we both love wrestling. Well, I love wrestling. You like wrestling. <laughs> um, but a quick shout out to, uh, the nature boy, Ric Flair. Ric Flair. Yeah. Yeah. He's, uh, he's in the hospital right now. He's, uh, about 70 years old, something like that. One of the best of all time wrestlers, uh, but he's had some heart problems recently. He just had surgery. Not looking good for the guy. So uh, thoughts thoughts go out to Ric Flair. Yeah, shout out to the Nature Boy. A uh, lot of very beloved by a lot of people. Yeah. Got a lot of people pulling for him. Yeah, I uh, hope to see more of Nature. Yeah. In the future. All right. Well, that is going to do it for episode five of the SoCo Show. Um, a little longer today, mm-hmm. but uh, got to do a couple exciting new. Uh, well. One exciting new segment and one exciting segment from before. Yeah. Um, so packed episode. You got uh, you got all you signed up for. Yeah. I think next week I'll, I might actually have another TV corner next week. I've been watching Atypical on Netflix. Um, so probably have that next week. It's a shorter shorter show, kind of a comedy. So we'll talk about that next week. So potential TV corner. Also highlights from the Vegas trip. Yeah. We'll be fresh off the fresh off the plane from Laos, Vegas. Probably yep. very tired. Um, hopefully we'll get a lot of a lot of good news over the next week to talk about. 
Other than that, check us out at uh, on our Twitter page, the at SoCo underscore show. Boom. Make sure you check out at Jaron Bucketall for uh, some some YouTube videos, reviews. Um, also, you can check out our Ride Home series there as well. We haven't had anything in a bit. We probably, Unfortunately, because we're going to be in Vegas. Well, not unfortunately, we'll be in Vegas. But <laughs> um, we, we won't have any reviews until probably next week. We'll ho- hopefully try and catch uh, Hitman's Bodyguard. And Logan Lucky. And Logan Lucky uh, sometime next week. Um, so we'll have a couple of reviews up next week. But... Check those out at Jaron Buckadall on Twitter and the Jaron Buckadall channel on YouTube. Yeah, yeah. Hit us up in all the usual places. Don't forget to like, comment, subscribe, and share. Uh, become a part of the conversation. What do you want us to watch next? What do you want us to review? Uh, what do you want us to talk about? If there's anything in the news that you think we need to touch on, uh, let us know. Yeah, we had a couple people talk to us on Twitter. Uh, Real Tom on Twitter uh, had, had a couple comments, so thank you for that, as well as uh, your brother, Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> Kyle's always good for some... Uh, constructive criticism (laughs) and uh, just general shit talk yeah (laughs) all right well uh until next time we'll we'll see you back here for episode six next week but uh have a great week we'll see you then bye